are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Busy, busy weekend in BYU sports. We had two postcast editions for you Friday and Saturday night after BYU's thrilling win in basketball over Houston Friday night thanks to TJ Hawes, heroics on that buzzer-beating jumper. Also talked a lot about BYU football Saturday after they beat Idaho State 42-10 and, of course, breaking the news about Tom Homo and the hashtag Extend Kalani shirt he revealed to the football program indicating that a contract extension is coming for his head coach. We'll talk about all of that today as well as catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports like we normally do. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them enough for their continued support of the podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to have them on board with this podcast. Also brought to you today by our good friends over at Roman. We'll tell you about them in a little bit as well. With that rundown of the show out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for November 18th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, for my day job, and can't thank you guys enough for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on BYU, all things BYU sports, and we aim to be your one-stop shop for all things BYU news so you can be the smartest BYU fan in the room. Let's start off today talking BYU football. Of course, the Cougars are now 6-4 and four on the season, riding a four-game win streak in to a game at Massachusetts this week. BYU will play on the road the final two weeks of the season after hosting their senior day game on Saturday, a 42-10 triumph over the Idaho State Bengals. And the biggest storyline coming out of this, we broke the news about this on a Saturday in our postcast edition, is that Kalani Satake appears to have a contract extension on the way, and that is a very positive sign for the BYU football program. Uh, I look at this and I feel like, okay, BYU finally is doing good by their head coach. He's been hoping for an extension for some time now. There's been a lot of doubt around him and what uh, BYU was thinking in regards to Kalani Satake and his future. The longer it went, the, the more it felt like, hey, they were playing hardball with him and they weren't necessarily going to reward the head coach with a contract extension. But awesome to hear. And I had a source in the locker room when this went down. We reported it as such Saturday evening after I got the report from my source that uh, Tom Homo walked into the locker room as BYU was celebrating the win over Idaho State. They just accepted their bid into the SoFi Hawaii Bowl on December 24th, Christmas Eve. Fantastic bowl game in terms of going in terms of a destination. Hawaii's great. The timing of it on Christmas Eve, not ideal, but alas, you do what you got to do. But after BYU was celebrating that win in the locker room, Tom Homo walked into the locker room, asked the members of the BYU football program and all those in, in attendance to put down their phones, etc., and uh, pay attention to him. And he, he made the quote, and this is the quote given me to the source, that this is your head coach 
essentially pointing it to Kalani Sitake, and this is my head coach, and then unzipped a full zip jacket he had and opened up the jacket, and he was wearing a, a shirt that you saw multiple players wearing on the field after the game that had the hashtag Extend Kalani on it, along with a BYU um, Sailor Cougar logo on it, and of course the players, coaches, everybody went berserk in the locker room, and I think it's a positive sign for Kalani Sitake and the BYU football program. Uh, he's obviously a guy who's willing to take on all of the challenges that are tasked with the head coach of the BYU football program, the honor code, the academic stringent standards that BYU has imposed, all the different things that have been placed upon his shoulders and also the mandate that you need to win football games. It's a tough deal, but he has thrived in it. He has an opportunity here to run the table to close out the season, potentially with a six-game win streak. That'd be an 8-4 and four regular season record. And if you win the bowl game out there in Hawaii, you're sitting at 9-4. and four. And I don't think a single BYU fan within the sound of my voice would be complaining about that. At least I'm hoping not. I know obviously there'll be the woulda, coulda, shoulda, obviously with the Toledo and USF losses. Though You'll look back and say, wow, what could have been a 10 or 11 win season if you win those two games? But a 9-win season in this day and age of college football, particularly as an independent program at the FBS level, is nothing to stick your nose up at if you're a BYU football fan. I know that you guys may differ in your opinion, but if BYU were to be 9-4 and four at the end of the season, that would equal the best uh, season record that Kalani Sitake has had as head coach at BYU, equaling his first year when he had Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, both viable NFL players, in some cases NFL stars, in terms of Jamal Williams, who was back on the sidelines this past week enjoying the game for BYU. But I think that 9-4 and four would be an absolutely awesome deal. Kalani Sitake getting an extension done as well would help BYU very much in terms of where they're going with recruiting. It'll get guys understanding, okay, this coach is going to be here for the foreseeable future. In talking with some people after I broke that news about Tom Homo and the hashtag Extend Kalani t-shirt, talked with a couple other people, a little bit more in the no sources, as you as we would call them in the business. In talking with that, it sounds like BYU will not be announcing officially an extension for Kalani Satake until at least the regular season is over. So you could see them playing these next two games against UMass and San Diego State, obviously finishing out the regular season, and then kind of in that interlude where you have about 20 or so days between games after you close out the season against San Diego State on November 30th, if I'm not mistaken, and then you play that game on December 24th, so what, 24, 25 days in that interlude. That's kind of where BYU would announce this extension for Kalani Sitake. Ideally, in the lead-up to early National Signing Day in mid-December, just before the bowl game, I believe it's actually just about a week ahead, or actually just the weekend before BYU plays in that bowl game on December 24th. So pay attention, keep an eye out, but I'll bring you any other information I have. But in talking with sources, it kind of indicated the timetable for that extension announcement officially from BYU would be after the conclusion of the regular season and then in the lead up to the bowl game, just obviously keeping BYU in the headlines, obviously. And I think it really would help out with where BYU uh, is trying to get in terms of recruiting. You've got guys like Andrew Gentry and Tate Romney out there who are top-level recruits who have been kind of slow playing their commitment decision. And I think an extension announcement for Kalani Sitake may be just the push they need to get those guys over the edge and commit to BYU. Obviously, BYU is always at a disadvantage when it comes to recruiting against the big dogs in college football. But to go out and announce an extension like this 
right before early signing day. I think it would be a fantastic development for the BYU football program. I think it might help push a couple of guys over the edge in terms of getting guys on board with the program. And obviously that would also pay dividends with regards to getting top talent into the program to bolster what should be a pretty pretty healthy senior class in terms of contributors leaving BYU at the end of the season and you trying to restock the cupboards a little bit with that incoming talent. Obviously guys will go on missions, etc. But I this so let me just recap what I just talked about. In talking with sources since the hashtag extend Kalani shirt reveal from Tom Homo, it sounds like the deal is all but done, but don't expect an official announcement from the university from BYU until at least the regular season is concluded at two weeks from now after BYU takes on San Diego State. So there you go. That's all I know about the Kalani Satake situation. Obviously, we broke the news originally here on Locked on Cougars. And of course, we'll bring you anything else that comes up with that. But I think it's a positive development. It was a win-win-win scenario all weekend long for BYU, particularly the BYU football program. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that game, what I saw in the game from guys after re-watching the film. Obviously, an FCS opponent, you're not going to take a light a, a lot away from it, but I'll talk about that and also some of my takeaways after re-watching the BYU basketball game as well. Coming up here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, we want to remind you guys that Deseret First Credit Union is our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars, and we're proud to have them on board with Locked On Cougars. Deseret First Credit Union shares a faith-based bond with all of its members, but they're also celebrating the unique goals and passions of their individual members. So they're asking everyone, what's your focus? What is your why currently? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund your passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and with rates still low, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinance from Deseret First, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month, guys. You heard me. Hundreds of dollars a month. That's three, two zeros behind the, the first figure. That's a fantastic option. Check it out, guys. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you're looking for your dream home, or you've got investment properties, they will take care of you. Give them a call. 801-456-7070. That's 801-456-7070. Or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union. You know why we show how. Membership and eligibility required. OAC. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender. All right, guys. As I mentioned, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of my takeaways after re-watching both the BYU football win over Idaho State as well as the BYU basketball thrilling win over Houston. Went back and watched re-watched both games because you seem to learn more after re-watch a game because you can kind of sit back. You're not necessarily so invested in the outcome and the storylines in the immediate aftermath. You can look for things that maybe go a little bit deeper than just the box score, etc. Let's start off on the football field. And I have to say, guys, in terms of a comeback for Zach Wilson, it was far from perfect. And that uh, should be both a blessing and a curse in a way. I don't know if curse is necessarily the apt term in that, but Zach Wilson returned to action for BYU in their football win over Idaho State was 19 of 31 for 187 yards, only a six point six yard per attempt average with two touchdowns and one interception. His quarterback rating was just 50.5. So 
lot to build on, obviously. Zach Wilson, I, I like the term. I saw John Clyde from KSL.com. He writes, of course, the three-part uh, uh, thing on mo- Sunday mornings recapping BYU football games. And he said that Zach Wilson is healthy, but he's not back. And I would agree with him. I think that Zach Wilson, there's a lot to build on from this game, but obviously he's still shaking off the rust. A game like UMass coming up this week, and by the way, BYU opened up as a 42-point favorite over the UMass Minutemen in this game in Amherst. BYU essentially could name their score in this game, and they should win it handily out there in Massachusetts. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the cluster that has become the the broadcast plan for this, because if you're going to have to fork over even more money than ESPN Plus coming up this week if you want to watch BYU in action, but we'll talk about that coming up later this week. But I thought Zach Wilson, yes, he is healthy, but he's not fully back. A game like UMass this week, you want to see progression from him. You want to see him be sharper. You want to see him go down the field a little bit more. You want to see him connect on more passes, etc. Obviously, 19 of 31 is nothing to sniff at. He won the game, obviously, and he's going to have another tune-up game, but then the real test will come against San Diego State a week from Saturday down there at San Diego Credit Union, whatever stadium in San Diego, as they take on the San Diego State Aztecs. I thought it was the right time to bring Zach Wilson back and and kind of looking at things because you give him two games here against Patsies to really get tuned back up, shake the rust off, and then you have two big games close out the season in both the regular season finale at San Diego State and then whoever you face in that bowl game. So Zach Wilson, yes, healthy, but not fully back. And here's hoping he can get rolling once again. I also liked what I saw from Joe Critchlow late in that game. And I think the biggest uh, beneficiary of what Joe Critchlow was showing was Keanu Hill. A freshman receiver from Euless, Texas, obviously has been redshirting most of this season. It's finally starting to see action now with that four-game limit uh, being able to be used at this point. And Keanu Hill, folks, is a guy to keep an eye out for the rest of this season and going forward. Showed incredible Footwork showed the ability to go across the middle, haul in tough passes. He completed it was a third and twelve that Joe Critchlow competed to him for thirteen yards on a crossing route. Keanu Hill also had that toe. Um, touching catch down the sideline. It didn't count ultimately due to an offensive penalty, uh, but I thought that Keanu Hill showed he has the skills to pay the bills, if you if I can use that term here, at least for one game, and that's a positive, because I think he's a guy who's going to be a big part of BYU's wide receiving core next year, after you see Talon Shumway, Micah Simon, and Leva Hifo move on. Another point I took away from this game is BYU's undisciplined nature on the offensive line. A little bit frustrating, we're 10 games into the season, folks, and I know that Kalani Satake and Zach Wilson were talking about the stems and the barking out orders from Idaho State's defensive line, etc. I get all that, but it's it's disconcerting because BYU shouldn't have to worry about that. They do that clap that indicates they're ready for the snap, and then they got to pay attention to James Empey when he snaps the ball, and it shouldn't be hard to pay attention to that, particularly along the offensive line. Guys like Chandon Herring struggled with holding in this game Game. I don't get it. Um, I thought that Idaho State was a game. It was a was an opponent you shouldn't have to hold a lot against, and it all depends kind of also on the officiating staff and how how closely they're calling things in a game because holding calls are very subjective. And any given play, there is holding going on. I'm speaking as a former high school offensive lineman who held his fair share of times and got away with it. But I thought that there could have been a lot of a lot more 
a lot a lot cleaner play, excuse me, from the BYU offensive line in this game. And you hope to see that get cleaned up here against UMass, and we'll see what happens this week. On the defensive side of things, it was good to see seniors like Austin Lee, Bo Tanner, and Dion Gonwoloku go out and have great games. Austin Lee got his first career touchdown, of course, on that pick six to open up the scoring for BYU in the first quarter. It's great to see a guy like that who's just received an invite to play in the Shrine game, a postseason showcase event to kind of showcase what he can do in terms of pro prospects. It's good to see him get an opportunity to really shine on senior day. Austin Lee finished the day with five total tackles to lead BYU on the day, had a tackle for loss, and obviously that interception and the pick six, the touchdown return, his first in a BYU uniform. Uh, other guys I thought stood out. Austin Confences had a pretty good day in what amounted to, uh, what should amount to essentially his senior day. Kyrus Tonga getting the rushing touchdown on that three-yard rush out of the scrum formation. People have been begging to see something other than Diane Gonwoloku with the toss sweep in that play, or the, the toss dive is what I like to call it, because it's not necessarily not necessarily a sweep. But it was good to see Kyrus Tonga score a touchdown. And if he is ultimately bent on going to the NFL after this upcoming season, as he has stated since media day this past June, I would expect that he went out with a bang in his final game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I thought it was a great senior day all the way around. A lot of seniors contributing. Talon Shumway getting two touchdown catches. I thought a second touchdown catch. On first look, I thought he was he caught it outside of the end zone, but it was a, truly a touchdown. He got it right there, right across the goal line, and an impressive showing from him. So I thought all the way around, all the seniors for BYU got an opportunity to shine on their senior day. It's a game though they won't soon forget. And I think that Kalani Satake and his staff and BYU as a whole, the team, made sure that these seniors got to enjoy their senior day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and they did it the right way. So congratulations to all involved. But still plenty to clean up on, and now BYU a massive favorite as they head to Amherst, Massachusetts this week for a 10 a.m. Mountain Time kick against the UMass Minutemen. And this is a game, I, honestly, I think the Idaho State could beat UMass. Honestly. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as the week progresses, but I think the Idaho State might be better than UMass at this point. We'll talk about some of the struggles the Minutemen, a fellow independent of BYU's, are having currently and where they kind of are looking to go forward. But BYU should absolutely dominate in this game. Alright, so there you go. Some of the takeaways from BYU football. A couple of quick takeaways from the BYU basketball game in terms of what I saw Friday night. And obviously, the thrilling uh, part of it obviously was TJ Hawes and that 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 jumper that he hit the he, fading away and his ability to get that to hit front rim and just drop straight through the bucket barely even rippled the net I thought it was <laughs> incredible um, I, I I was on Twitter you can follow me at Jacob C Hatch I was fairly critical of Jake Toulson late in this game and he is a senior. He's the reigning WAC Player of the Year, and he had two pretty bad turnovers late in this game. But after rewatching the film, BYU doesn't win that game without Jake Toulson. He was four of four from downtown. Finished the game with 14 points, adds five rebounds, also had two assists. So the late game turnovers not good. But overall, BYU doesn't win without Jake Toulson's contributions in that game. Rewatching the game, I was actually very, very impressed. More impressed than I was watching the game live with Colby Lee. I mentioned on Twitter, once again, that I thought he should model his game after Nikola Jokic because he's not a high flyer. He's not a guy I feel like he could jump and maybe get 10 inches off the ground. I don't know. It's probably unfair to Kobe Lee, but 
I think he has the ability, the passing ability out of the lane to be a Nikola Jokic. If any of you watch the Denver Nuggets, Jokic is not a specimen athletically. He is not. But he has superior passing skills, can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. And I think if Kobe Lee wants to be an effective player in at the collegiate ranks, he needs to model his game as much as possible to that of Jokic's. I, I think he's got an ability to do that. We'll see if he's able to model it that way, but I really liked what he contributed. And then Alex Barcelo, going back, he led the team with 16 points, but it was a pretty quiet 16 points, I felt like. He played 37 minutes, was 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 3 from three-point land, 4 rebounds, 3 assists to go with his 16 points, and I thought he had a really solid game once again for the Cougars and what a pickup he was on the transfer wire and obviously getting that waiver uh, approved from the NCAA was big for BYU. And you hope at some point, you'd like to hear back on Richard Harward, by the way, the NCAA continues to just slow play a lot of these waivers and we'll see what ultimately shakes out with that. But you'd like to see the NCAA get back to BYU at some point and let them know if Harward is going to be available this season or if he's not, but we'll see what happens with that. One other note from the basketball game is foul trouble. BYU avoided foul trouble to a large degree. The only guy that had four fouls in this game was Zach Selius, who came off the bench, added five points. He had the four personal fouls. The only other guy who had more than two personal fouls was Dalton Nixon, and I thought he played very well in this game as well. So BYU did everything that I talked about on Friday's podcast in the lead-up to this. They shot the ball well from three. They kept scoring. They didn't have lulls outside of a lull to finish out the first half in terms of scoring droughts. And BYU, deservedly, they went out and won this game, plain and simple. So they're 3-1 and one on the season. They head to Boise State Wednesday night for a big game up there in Boise. We'll preview that a little bit later this week on Wednesday's edition of the podcast. But I thought it was a solid win overall from BYU and wanted to share some of my takeaways after re-watching that game. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. Obviously, a full weekend of BYU Sports. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or you just want to avoid it altogether with excuses like, hey, I've had a long day at work. Sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Whatever your excuse is, Roman, with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the right treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman ships it to you with free two-day shipping, guys. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be ta- difficult to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete that online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Once again, go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. Once again, GetRoman.com locked. All right, guys, BYU sports. Obviously, weekends are always busy all the way around. BYU women's soccer, we talked about this a little bit on Friday night, advanced in the NCAA tournament with a 5-1 victory over the Boise State Broncos at Southfield. They will host Louisville in the second round at Southfield this coming Thursday night at 6 o'clock. The winner of that match faces the winner of Arkansas and NC State, which we played the following Thursday, I believe, at 3 p.m., if I saw the schedule correctly. So big opportunity for BYU women's soccer to continue advancing 
happening. The men's soccer team is traveling to the NIRSA Soccer Championships this week to try to win the national championship after falling short in 2018. I've obviously dominated the regional tournament, so here's hoping they can play well. We'll have more updates for you later this week on that. Women's basketball hosted Texas A&M Kingsville at the Marriott Center last Thursday and won that game 90-38 to to get their first win of the season. And then BYU Volleyball. One other thing I wanted to mention here is BYU Women's Volleyball went on the road and dropped their match on the week. They lost the second for the second time this season to San Diego in San Diego in five sets. BYU was up two to one in terms of sets, but poor poor play in the fourth and fifth sets ultimately led to their downfall. So BYU, the number ten team in the country, loses to number twenty four San Diego in five sets. Their second loss to the Toreros, and the Toreros now have the inside track to the WCC regular season title. BYU, regardless, should make the NCAA tournament, but still a disappointing loss in that regard. One final note for you guys, BYU Rugby beat New Mexico in their final regular season match of the game. They beat the Lobos 85-5. to The Cougars were undefeated in the regular season, outscoring their opponents listen to this, 580-27. to You heard me right, 580-27 to on the season, thanks to Vanquish the Foe and uh, Tyler Statton for passing that along. That's an incredible number, but a fantastic season put together so far by the BYU men's rugby program. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Can't thank you guys enough once again for joining us. Tomorrow, we recap what we learned from BYU's press conference today with Kalani Satake and players obviously catching up with former Cougars and the pros as well as BYU sports news never stops. This is your one-stop shop for all of it. Please join us each and every day. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on whichever podcatcher you prefer. Appreciate you guys doing that in advance. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great rest of your Monday. This has been Locked On Cougars for November 18th, 2019.